This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more Kaiju and Tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. Him? Shim! Standing by. Complete. Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis. And I'm Nathan. Uh, I lost track of where I was at. <laughs> and we are Henshin Men, <laughs> a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. It's been a while, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this installment we're discussing Common Rider episode 98. I'm not editing any of this. Kill Shocker destroyed the leader's end. Keru Shaka Zenmetsu, Shurio no Saigo. With Hongo frozen mid henshin, Hayato Rider kicks his way into Kill Shocker's lab and saves Team Rider. Now the Double Riders make a final attack on the evil organization's base, battling General Black and a squad of resurrected Kaijin. This leads to the shocking Badum Tish confrontation with the mysterious leader. Hello there, Nathan. Is that right? Did I get that right? <laughs> Last I checked. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long, I, I think I forgot. <laughs> You're getting back into the groove a little bit. It's been a handful of episodes since we talked about those movies that you can't watch anymore on Toei's YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boo. Boo, Toei, stop yeah, boo. taking stuff down and, and uh, not letting us watch it. Oh, let Shout Factory release them. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Shout Factory uh, anyway. or any of them, Discotech, any of them, any of the one, the many ones that have now. <laughs> For sure. But yes, you're back here because this is the final episode of Common Rider. I promised you would come back. I had people who were excited at, that you were coming back, in fact. Ooh. So <laughs> who's excited to hear me? Come on. Come on. Yeah. Well, Chris, uh, well, our friend Chris Degelman, for sure. So. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Hello, Chris Degelman. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I have to ask, have you seen the, f the finale of the show before? I have, actually. I have seen this episode before as it appeared on Tokushoutsu. I think I've talked about it before that mm -hmm. the way that I used to watch this show was when I was editing podcasts, I would just play the Tokushoutsu in the background and just whatever episodes mm -hmm. were on was on. So that's how I got to see some of Die Ranger. That's how I got to see some of O Ranger, most of O Ranger. That's how I watched the original Common Rider. And so, yes, I have seen these, uh, this last episode. You watched the episode before this, right? <laughs> you, you got part one. Yes, yes, I know. It's like going into this one, it's like, huh, something's weird. What, 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 how did they get in this situation? No, no, I, I yeah, I watched the episodes leading up to this too. <laughs> <laughs> Which show was it that popularized the whole, you might be wondering how I got into this situation. <laughs> 
Goodfellas. Oh, was it? Yeah, Goodfellas okay. was. I think Goodfellas was the one that because he's like, yeah, that's me. You may be wondering how I got in this situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how that. That would have been an interesting way to start this. But I'm going to be honest with you. I did enjoy this two-parter, as you undoubtedly heard in the previous episode when I talked about it with Drew Dodgen, who was my temporary co-host for a handful of episodes. Although. I have to say, I do wish that the four-parter that they had with the Shocker writers, I wish that had led into this instead of inserting two random filler episodes because it kind of killed the momentum a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, a a lot of this show, I noticed that when we were doing the episodes back when I was on here on a regular basis and just watching the ones I have watched since then, this show... I don't think they ever expected this show to be as successful as it was. So a lot of this show is just planning as they're going. I don't think they really mm-hmm. had a huge, like drawn long planned out series. You know, this is what we're going to do from beginning to end in every episode. They just kind of were winging it for most of it because yeah, I think mm-hmm. the success of this kind of, of this whole series and this whole franchise kind of surprised everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which i have some thoughts on that but i'll save it for after we finish the episode discussion but good grief i have to give the show credit because the previous episode had a grave cliffhanger and they milked the suspense at the beginning of this oh episode. yeah oh they did it was great though <laughs> That's it. Yeah, the the ten I, nine even I'm sitting, eight as even they're I'm just sitting here thinking closer to her neck, closer and closer, only yes. an inch away from her neck. <laughs> yes, even I'm sitting here thinking, oh, are they going to get out of this? <laughs> How are they going? Are we really just going to kill somebody? This is the final episode. I mean, they could. I legitimately but... <laughs> was scared for Yuri. I was like, I was like, Yuri, you have been here so long. You're the longest running writer girl. And I'm like, I don't want you to She's die. She's the last of the original writer girls. She is. And I'm like, are they going to actually kill off Yuri? And then, nope, they didn't because... It just like I mean, I legitimately did too. I mean, like just like Shocker forgot, I also forgot about the second writer because that's when he comes in. He's like, "You forgot about the second writer." Because <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Hey, pull something out of the memory hole." Yeah, it was great though. It was. I so know he good. was just on here three weeks ago, but <laughs> it was such a great intro because they really had me like for a show from the seventies that's meant for kids and is very cheesy. They had me on the edge of my seat of how are they going to get out of this? And then here comes Hayato and, and he comes in smashing in and he's like, you forgot about the second writer. And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then he saves Yuri. Everybody gets away. He gets Hongo out of, out of the fridge. (laughs) Wow. I just realized, I just realized Hongo, got fridged <laughs> yeah literally yeah i couldn't so i couldn't tell exactly what was going on there I, I couldn't tell if they were freezing him or if they just sprayed something on him that kind of like locked up his joints or what was going on but no it was freezing they it, they said that they needed to freeze him okay because they 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 catch him in the in the in-between 
where he's not Hayato right. or, or not Hongo anymore because he's henshinning, but yet not fully henshined. And I think more shows more of these henshin shows should play around with that like where they where it's like yeah it takes a just like maybe even just a few seconds to transform and that gives just enough time for the villain to you know prepare something i think that would be really cool if more shows did that right and or just interrupt the the transformation yeah yeah i I just like why do you just sit there and let them do it it's it's (laughs) it is so funny that it's the final episode when they actually do that (laughs) and it nearly worked i mean as much as i have well not just me but you and drew and everybody else i've had who's come on the show as much as we have poked fun at the incompetence of shocker the last handful of episodes, they have been weirdly competent. Yeah, <laughs> which is really great because, I mean, that that's that's what you want. It's the finale. You're building up to the finale. You want your villains to be at their best, and they they were. Right, right. And then, you know, we get some cool double rider action right at the right at the start. We, oh, yeah. You know, they're both punching at the camera for POV shots. We get another fight in an amusement park, and I swear... When I was first watching this episode, I thought for a hot second that the subtitle said that it was the PayPal amusement park. I did too. I was like, PayPal? PayPal was around in the 70s? Oh, Pow Pow. Pow Pow. Uh, yeah. But I'm like, wait, they got so rich they started a theme park? What are you going to do with the theme park? <laughs> send money to people <laughs> send your money from this end of the roller coaster to the other yeah i i really like the like pretty much everything at the amusement park like the the beginning of it when it's still kind of dark and they're and they're going in and they have this just really great scene of them coming into the like a wax museum type thing that has monsters in it and they don't recognize that all of the monsters that are supposedly statues are actually the monsters they have fought already but forgetting that because of course it's a multi-kaijin story (laughs) right exactly and 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 then you get this and i and i was going to put it in my did i put it in my awards so i'll talk about it in more detail in my awards but just everything everything in the amusement park, the buildup, the the fighting, the the just bouncing from location to location, all the stunt work, everything is so good. It was just like fantastic. Right. Henshin oh, took us out. And there's some right, and there's some plot twists there as well. We find out, oh, Leech Million, he's not just a kaijin of the week, he's General Black. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean and 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 it was it was kind of weird that he was doing so much, like making so many decisions for Gel Shocker leading up to this. So it kind of like it's like, oh yeah, no, that makes sense because He's been making a lot of decisions. If you watch the pre the elite episodes leading up to this, he's uh, he's acting like a leader. So it makes sense that he would be gel shocker leader, a gel shocker leader. I was going to say, I noticed you say gel shocker. Yeah. <laughs> I've been saying gel shocker. Yes. Well, that's how they pronounce it in the show is gel shocker. I know. Really? Yes, they do. Oh, okay. Uh, I was going to say, they say gel shocker. Yeah. They say, they say gel shocker. I pronounce it wrong because I read the name gel shocker, gel shocker, 
before I heard it. Right. So I am stuck in right. my kind of it's a Ghibli Ghibli thing. <laughs> yeah, I did the same thing when I first saw it. And then when I actually when they showed up in the show and I was paying attention, I was like, what? <laughs> I still I'll still call it gel Wait, shocker. <laughs> Which is kind of funny actually gel shocker that just that sounds like a band name actually but we've made a lot of jokes about band names on this show it's a hair band <laughs> it's a hair band it has to be it has to be a hair band i just <laughs> gel shocker! Gel shocker! <laughs> oh man so yeah oh man but yeah the there's some fun stuff in there it's subtly daytime I have to say, I was like, wait, it was nighttime when they went in there. How long were they there? <laughs> true, true. Although they did kind of hang a lantern on it by saying it's almost dawn when they were walking in. So it's like, oh, that's true. It's all that was true. Although, and we like, also yeah, you're just hanging a lantern on the fact that this was filmed on a totally separate day. <laughs> Yeah. And, well, and I should have mentioned that not only did we find out General Black is Leech a million, but he's also a ventriloquist. Oh, yeah. really? that was great. It was me all along. I was casting my voice. <laughs> <laughs> he was Silver Age comic book logic. Gotta love it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we do predictably because you got to take out the general first before you got to take out the sub boss before you can get to the boss, obviously. Yep. So we get we have the defeat of General Black and his final words that I considered for the awards. His final words are the one who laughs last is Gelshocker. Glory to our great leader. And then he falls down and explodes. Yeah. OK, let's talk about the fact that his death scene takes like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did eric and al how did eric and alex put it on monsters versus uh, the de- was it the, it wasn't the death the, march the death walk yeah the death walk the death no the, I thought it was the death walk yeah for camera yeah he had a death walk he's just uh, uh, and just keeps going and keeps going eat, uh, 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 and just keeps going and then talks a little bit and talks a little bit and then just keeps going and then he just finally falls over and boom, immediately just explodes. <laughs> it's like he's in a Shakespearean play, you know? It was so <laughs> hammy. It was like, like for this show, which, uh, which for obvious reasons is already kind of hammy. He was hammy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was. He was Raul <laughs> Julian it <laughs> from Street Fighter. <laughs> Like the the show, the movie's already hammy enough, but Drow Julia just takes it to a whole nother level. And that's what this guy did. Of course. (laughs) For you, it was the worst day of your life. For me, it was Tuesday. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. I haven't seen that movie in so long. But but now that we, this is the end of General Black. I'm going to I'm going to say here out of our four primary generals I think he's the least interesting. Yeah. The only thing that's all that memorable about him is his eye twitch and his seemingly World War 1 style costume. Yeah, the like the the Napoleon style outfit that he was wearing. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really stand out all that much other than visually, mm-hmm. to be honest. He, you know, he doesn't have the, 
like like some of the you know just the weird bravado and authority of a colonel zoll the just sheer charisma of amamoto with dr shinigami <laughs> yeah oh man dr shinigami just the wild theatrics i would say I don't, uh theatrics of yeah of, of uh, ambassador hell ambassador hell yeah 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 yeah. i drew a blank there for a second yeah he, i kind of did too for a second it's been a little while so <laughs> i'm just like eh, eh. i mean he's not a terrible character but i'm like the other guy the other generals were more interesting right yeah yeah and, and it's kind of i don't know it's kind of hard to to follow such great villains as as you know general zoll and or colonel zoll sorry and ambassador hell and and dr shinigami like those were such which i which we got dr shinigami light uh in 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 the previous episode with with whatever yeah, doc- like where'd that guy go i don't where'd know where'd that guy <laughs> go he was in the film room and then he's gone yeah He's some doctor that was there and he has like this wild haired wig and the and and a coat or like cape like Dr. Shinigami, but he's not Dr. Shinigami. He's just some random weird looking doctor. It's Dr. Shinigami light. <laughs> yeah, it's just he's just this random weirdo. And I'm like, okay, is that guy coming back? Nope, he's not coming back. Okay, he's not coming back. But so we have the, his final words, but what do you think of this little again? consider this was considered for the awards what do you think of hongo's little admonition after that not admonition but you know his comment afterward all of gale shocker's leaders were brave in their own way uh i mean in a way (laughs) i guess it's just like hongo why are you what why are you saying this yeah they made you it's and but they're evil it's I just, okay paying respect to your fallen enemy you know it's like like we you know you fought a good fight now you know now it's over <laughs> type thing i guess i i, I get guess. it i get it you know it fits with it fits with the whole style that the common writer has had of of common writer kind of like in a in a strange way respecting the villains mm-hmm. To a certain extent, but I would, I would actually expect it more from Hayato than I would from Hongo. Why is that? I don't know. I feel like Hayato had more of that kind of, you know, oh, we fought a good fight and I, you know, I enjoyed battling you, but you know, now you have to die, you know, type spirit that than what Hongo has. Right. You know, Hongo, and I know it's changed, you know, over time, but we always go back to Hongo's always the more brooding one, whereas Hayato is kind of the more jovial of the of the two writers and so for me this felt Mm -hmm. more on the side of like a hayato line even though hongo was the one who said it right right but then we find out that despite the fact that he died apparently general black is an incredible strategist and he knew he was going to die so he set a trap (laughs) (laughs) he's a trap (laughs) <laughs> even in death common right i shall defeat you <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's this it's wild and what gets me is okay at one point the monsters all the monsters leave and go one direction all the kaijin and general black goes another direction and taki 
instead of like Taki and one of the writers going and then letting just one writer fight General Black, no, both writers are going to go fight the one monster and Taki by himself is going to go and follow <laughs> all of these monsters that have been revived by human blood. Thank you for bringing that back, show. <laughs> <laughs> one last time and and, and it, it backfires because taki gets captured because of course he's one guy <laughs> taki you have one job because you are one man <laughs> i'm looking forward to reading the common writer manga and seeing him become a writer yeah because <laughs> of the writer wiki is to be believed Taki becomes a writer predictably. Now, uh, okay, I have to look that up. Does manga. he actually become a writer in the common writer manga that they released, or was it a separate manga? Was it a different manga? I have to look that up. I it's the it, I'm assuming that what I got, that huge eight hundred page volume is the complete manga. Well, I mean they've had uh, they've had multiple mangas over the years and oh man. Oh, oh have you seen the have you what? seen the photos of of his of his writer suit of what he of Takis? Yeah, Takis when he when he becomes a writer. I think so, but I don't quite remember. Let me... He is so like straight up ghost writer. Like he is absolutely ghost writer. Oh yeah, I see it now. Yeah. My gosh. With the black leather and the skull and everything. And it's like uh, man, he's Well, cool. and the, the crazy thing, the crazy thing is Common writer and a common writer and ghostwriter started really close together. They did. They did. Very close together. Yeah. yeah so to yeah, common writer three. Yeah, he was he common writer three. Uh chapter one series one common writer one and two. I, I'm still I'm trying to figure out where where it actually is, but yeah. Yeah, it was a separate manga. It was a five-page manga was published called Common Rider 3 versus the Demon General of Black. Yeah, but then there's Taki Rider. Oh, that's in Common the in Common Rider Spirits. Okay, so the Taki Rider was in Common Rider Spirits. So yeah, so he's not in he's not in the big compendium that we that we have that they released well, fairly darn. recently. Not I didn't think writer. he was. I, I I legitimately I I thought he was from a separate thing. That was completely because because this manga, the manga. Well, I'm pointing at it. That's why I keep saying this manga. Um, the the manga that they released, it it had already been pretty much written and was coming out the same time the show was. And it wasn't until after the show ended that the idea of having a third writer and making it Taki, you know, came about. So I knew this this manga had already ended by the time they had the idea to make uh, a Taki writer. Wow. I've been wrong this entire time. Cons consider this my official retraction. <laughs> so, yeah, but have, did you see, did you see the picture of the live action suit though? Cause they did do a live action. They did do a live action version of the really? suit that never actually got used in any series, but they actually did create it in 2001. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Here it is. I, I completely, Pass that over, but yeah, it wow. is so cool looking. I really, 
wish they would bring this design back and use it because it is so cool. <laughs> I really like it. I wonder if this I wonder if this design was made specifically as a callback to Skullman. It was. It was. Like it, it legitimately was. Yeah, and th- there's a a picture here also on the wiki that has both Hongo and Hayato and and there's Taki sitting on there and he's got his helmet off. Uh-huh. He's in yeah. his rider suit. Yeah, and they uh, they use they've used skull like the skull motif in other riders. So it, you know it. I've seen other riders that have it, but just like because because it's it's an actual motorcycle helmet just painted with the the skull on it. It's not like mm-hmm. a common rider like modeled helmet. It's it's like an actual motorcycle helmet, which is kind of cool. And it, and it's yeah, got it the scarf like too, which is what's funny. He's got the scarf too, but the scarf is black. <laughs> Regardless, he does become a writer later, and I'm surprised he wasn't here. You'll yeah. hear in you'll hear in the episode when uh, some of the episodes I did with Drew that were like, "Why didn't Shocker make Taki into Shocker writer?" I know. <laughs> Like of all things, I, uh, or you could have gotten really nuts and had it have it turn out that the shocker leader the whole time was Taki. <laughs> was Taki this whole time? Oh, 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 I think that would have been too much. That would have been too that much would have been for too little much, bitty kids. But I'm surprised they didn't make him shocker rider. That would have been interesting. Speaking of kids, it's been a okay. while since I've been on. <laughs> so a new development since I've been gone is the the common rider kids core <laughs> or as i call them the common kenny force <laughs> the common kenny force that's that's fun <laughs> i haven't i never got to actually make any comments about it because i haven't been on since they started all right here here give us your opinion on the common kenny force go <laughs> i uh, look I don't enjoy them as much as I like Goro. Goro was my favorite. And yes, he was only there for the, like for a while. And then he, he left and he was replaced for other kids. You know, Goro outgrew the Kinney, the Kinniness. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but I, he, I just, I, I love Goro too much. And these kids, I don't know, making it like an official group to work alongside common writer i know it's a kid's show but even that just seems a little too corny because it's just like you know uh, i don't know does common writer need kids to help him like really <laughs> especially since their primary mode of communication is carrier pitching <laughs> and, uh, and, i and get it this is before the days of cell phones but what <laughs> and they're walking around with their like common rider necklaces and their common rider helmets and everything and it's just like it's so you know what it is and I, I legitimately think this is part of this is what made it what made them introduce this idea is the fact that ultraman usually works with a team of people who are like a dedicated team right. to help him and and it's like that in pretty much every ultraman series where uh-huh. and, whereas common rider was kind of like this hodgepodge of you know it's common rider and his friends who help him sometimes and it's like no we need to kind of like do the ultraman thing and make make an actual dedicated team to actually help him and 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 be his like partners and stuff and it's just like i don't know it, to me i don't care for it 
and it's a bit cheesy and dumb on, but eh, I get it. It's a kid's show. So, you know, you got to have the kids involved somehow. Yeah. Yeah. But it it also at points causes more trouble than it's worth because good Lord, these kids, they're constantly getting kidnapped. Endangerment of children. (laughs) And they do get kidnapped a couple of times in, the, in this episode. They do, but uh, but the shocker, but the Gel Shocker leader actually, at one point in a previous episode, actually talked about them as if they were a legitimate threat. <laughs> these little kids, uh, these little kids, and just and the uniforms uh, thing too. That's what gets me. That's what makes me think of it as more like a. Like, okay, I think they were kind of like ripping off, not ripping off, but kind of borrowing some elements from Ultraman because they actually have uniforms. You know, it's not just, you know, his friends who happen to be there helping. It's actual uniforms and stuff. So that's where I'm like, yeah, this feels this feels like the the science force or whatever it is that that helps Ultraman. Science patrol. (laughs) Yeah. Science patrol that helped Ultraman in 66. Right. But speaking of the comic candy force and the Kill Shocker leader. I kind of love the scene where he just calls up because <laughs> he has their phone number, apparently. And uh-huh. just says, oh, by the way, I am declaring that you are dissolved because I will have victory later today. Yeah. It's like, by the way. Oh, wow, someone's sure of himself. <laughs> by the way, you fired. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It is. It's kind of comical in its arrogance. I just. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's what gets me about Shocker and Gel Shocker is that they know where their base is. They they are always showing up. They know the address of not only their base but where all of them live because they know they know where Hongo's apartment is and and go to it constantly. They go to this base. They know their phone number. It's like they have their whole information. <laughs> Gil Shocker is like the worst boyfriend ever. You would think you'd change your phone number and move. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, but speaking of the yeah. leader, what did you think of the leader appearing from the water in like this, like holographic form? Okay. That, that was pretty impressive, especially since we already we're we're, there's all this anticipation getting built up and it's in a weird way. It feels kind of video gamey in, in a good way. Cause obviously this predates video games by a bit. Cause we've got all of the, we've got the boss rush with all these other Kaijin showing up. They die really fast. Like they just get one shot at a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's all these monsters who had entire episodes and maybe two or three episodes dedicated to them are just dying within like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. Which is, okay. I get it, but sure. But although one thing that I thought was kind of funny is during that fight scene, we got the original theme song back. Because yes. We swapped it. The fight song became the theme song and vice versa, but they brought the theme song, the original theme song back and Hongo actually jumps and kicks to the lyrics. Like, when the the singer mentions like with a right jump, he actually jumps, uh-huh. and then with a right kick, and then he actually right or kicks somebody. <laughs> yep, yep. I like that. I thought that was a neat touch. Yeah, yeah. If not for one little thing in a previous scene that edged it out, I probably would have given the award to that. But that's a very close second. <laughs> 
Very, very close second. But since we're, we talked about him appearing as a hologram, we finally see him. We have the revelation of the leader. Yeah. At first, he's a red Klansman. <laughs> Which we have seen before. Which we've he, seen he, before. He has appeared in flashback or in video under, you know, the red hood. Ooh, under the red hood. Under the red hood. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> was that on purpose? No, it wasn't. That was completely by accident. I noticed it afterwards. Oh, that that <laughs> we, that now see that would have been funny because then it would have been Taki, the leader all along. That would have been just like under the red hood. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would have been insane. But <laughs> so I'm like, okay, the way that they've been building this up with this with them always told you know teasing you with revealing who he is. It's like, he's either going to be somebody important. You know, he's Taki. He's Tachibana. He's actually, that would have been great too, actually. He's yeah, actually Yuri. Yuri. Yeah, that, <laughs> the whole time. And, you know, or it's going to just be something just freakishly wild. And we get freakishly wild in this. Oh, yeah. Because they go over, they because uh, Hongo and Hayao go over and they grab the hood and they rip it off. And he, in... I can only describe it as Medusa face. <laughs> He's Medusa face. <laughs> He's Medusa face. Like his head is literally a ball of snakes. <laughs> Sheesh. What the f that's actually bringing up more questions than answers. What the frick is he? It's like, it's like how the Hydra logo is an octopus. And then we find out in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that the creator of hydra was hive and the logo looks like his face right because he had a an octopus looking face with tentacles <laughs> so stupid it's so weird and it's so weird. and then they're they're like and they're like what the heck and then he keeps talking and then they try to go for his face again and then it turns out no there's like layers to this he's like he's like the rottenest onion you've ever seen you know red hood uh <laughs> Snake face, uh, Medusa face. Uh, take that off. What? That's not your face either. You're a giant eyeball. He's a beholder. What are you? What Lovecraftian horror is this? He's he's the beholder from D and D. Like I said, this just asks more questions. Just, what is he? So August. Okay. August Regone, if you're listening, I need to know what is he? <laughs> so, so this is what's funny about this is because you're right. They did such a, a build up to who is the great leader. Oh, you know, the great leader finally revealed and, you know, and everybody's been, it, it's been just an, an undertone of mystery behind the great leader this whole time. And then you get to see him finally. And it's not, like a reveal reveal as in like, Oh, it's a person we already know. It's a reveal in the sense of, wow, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> and, and this is where I, I think a lot of like, like I was saying earlier, where I don't think they really had a lot of things planned out for this show because none of it makes a whole lot of sense. And, and if you know anything about common writer moving forward after this series ends, they move into V3, then they move into the next and the next and the next. And, and throughout the Showa era, 
all of the common writers actually have interconnecting canon like they they have an interconnecting right. continuity i think it uh, at least the original through what was the last one that they made before they took a break and yeah it black. was um i think through super x maybe super? or or super yeah may it or maybe it was sky riders or whatever that one anyway there, there's there's like seven or eight of the showa era series that are all part of the same continuity and then they take a break for a little bit and then they come back and and you get that's when you start getting like common rider black common rider black rx which are their own continuity separated from everybody uh, else super one so yeah super, super one one was the last one so yeah so original v3 x amazon stronger sky rider and super one yeah super then one, is it, the one that, that was, was 1981 then they took six years off and made black and black rx Right. And black and black RX were completely new continuity, not connected to the original right. continuity at all. And so all of those original Showa era ones there before you get to black and black RX were all part of the same continuity. And they do actually build on the shocker leader in the next few series and, and, and moving forward. So so this isn't actually the end of the great leader. He actually does come back and they do kind of build on his backstory a little bit more, but mm. it's realistically, it's never actually fully 100% explained. I think in one of the series, it's hinted that he might be an alien. Then there's another, there was a book that was written by one of the, one of the producers. I think it was a producer who wrote it. I can't remember who said that he, or he had this whole backstory written out that it was a tibetan monk who like learned the these what? like mystical arts of staying alive and then somehow like his body he transcended his physical form to a you know to a higher plane of existence and all this kind of stuff and so it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of explanations and kind of weird things if you look into if you really dig deep into like the lore of common writer that explains who the great leader is, but it's never 100% explained. And on one hand, I kind of like that because he is just kind of this weird mystery and never goes away. He just keeps coming back, <laughs> which is kind of fun that he just can't be destroyed. He keeps coming back. But at the same time, I think it's realistically, I think it's a product of the fact that they just didn't know what to do because this show was never intended to last as long as it did. And, and they just had no idea what to do. <laughs> right. So heroes of the internet, <laughs> contact us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, whatever, and give us your best theories as to the origin of the shocker leader. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like I said, <laughs> there's, there's a number of them that are given. Like, I mean, they, it's not like he's never given one. Like he is given backstories and sort of, sort of backstories in other series, but he's never, it's never 100% like explained and it's right. never like 100%. This is what his backstory is. Right. Well, as long as each of those possible origins can explain why a being would create starfish Hitler. I think we're good. Yeah. I I am so <laughs> upset that we're not going to get to talk about Starfish Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout just 
just get that show I out there. Know. Come on, shout. Release. That's what, that, that's what Common Rider X. Just get Common Rider X, man. <laughs> Release more Common Rider. Please show it you're a Common Rider. Release more show it you're a Common Rider. Uh, I think Shout should go for all of the, the ones in the 70s because Discotech's got black and black RX. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let them have that. Get all the 70s stuff, all right? <laughs> get all the 70s stuff. But. So th- there you go. Now, there's a couple more things to talk about there, but I'm saving them for the awards. Oh, so do you have anything else to bring up before we move on to the awards? Our final awards for this show? Just when, I mean, the emotional goodbyes from Taki, because, you know, he mm-hmm. was a... That's part of my awards. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I just want to bring up one point, because, you know, he's an American FBI agent in Japan. So he's going back to America now that Shocker and Gail Shocker have been defeated. And his uh-huh. his mission is done. So he's going back to America. He's saying goodbye. And it's kind of like this moment of and he even says, I'll never forget you. And I'm like, and, and in my head, I'm saying, I'll never forget you guys. Like I forgot about my wife. <laughs> 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 Who is still stuck in the memory hole somewhere in Japan. We're just going to leave her there. <laughs> right. Right. Come on, show. Anyway, <laughs> I'll bring some of that up when we do some wrap up, just kind of reflecting back on the show and on the podcast. So it's time, Travis, for the patented Henshin Men Awards that we totally didn't steal from somewhere else that might have been abbreviated MVM. <laughs> <laughs> or the Drift Space or any of that. But our final set of awards for the original Common Rider, starting with the Henshin Kick for the best stunner fight scene. My friend, what do you have? Yeah, this was the one that I had in the wrong spot. That's why I had to shift it up because I was like, oh wait, no, that's not a that's not a special effect. That's a stunt. So I did I right. did talk about I did talk about the amusement park and how much I loved all of the all of the stunt work in the amusement park, but especially there's one scene where one of the riders, I forget which one it is, is is on a roller coaster fighting, what's his name, uh, Leechamillion. And Leechamillion. And Leechamillion leaves right as the as the roller coaster is coming towards Common Rider. So he drops down under the, you know, the, the tracks and just hangs on while the roller coaster is going above him on the tracks. And it's this just like, it's a great, shot it's a great scene but it's even more so and anybody who's listened this far and knows how i used to be whenever i was on here all the time i love to really highlight the work that the stuntmen do because uh, they're putting their bodies on the line mm-hmm. he's literally actually hanging on underneath this r- riding like this functioning roller coaster and that's an actual real stunt that he's doing that could have gone so many ways that I don't want to think about. <laughs> right. I'm sure they took precautions and I'm sure they'll, I mean, as many precautions as were being taken in the 1970s, but still mm-hmm. that was such an intense, actual physical stunt for them to do. And so that's why I give it my award. Right. Mine was along the same lines, basically all of the fights in the, in the park you know, I just put on you know, double riders fight Gelshock or goons on park rides, real people on real rides. 
So that's what edged it out as much as I would have liked to have included the epic boss rush before we get to shocker leader. Mm -hmm. The stunt work in this, it really, really stands out because this, nobody does stuff like this anymore. Now they would have it on a set with a green screen yeah. and all that sort of stuff. No, this is, they're out in the field doing the work themselves. Yeah. And, so and, and it really, I had to give it to that one. It really shows that they, uh, they didn't, what am I trying to say? They pulled out all the stops for this episode because it was the final mm -hmm. one. Like they really went all in with their stunts and with their fights and with the choreography. Again, we talked about like it wasn't on our, in our awards, but the, the fight between all of the monsters and the two writers and how they balanced the, the camera work moving and shifting from one to the other and not losing the momentum between all of them. It just was, it's so good. And, and the fighting on the different park rides. I mean, there was a, there was a point where they're fighting on one of the swing rides where you just, it's just swings. Yeah. And, and it's like, how are they staying balanced on that while, you know, doing this fight choreography? It's so crazy. So just the physicality that was in this episode, they really, really did not hold back. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. And then, Speaking of that, another place they didn't hold back. Takatoku for the best special effect. What do you have? So, I mean, I could talk about the gigantic explosion that, that happened when Shocker Leader exploded. I could have talked about, you know, a lot of the different special effects that were going on. But the one that stood out to me as like, I couldn't believe that this was done in the seventies because it just felt like this wasn't a thing that could have been done in the seventies. But I guess maybe that was just me being a millennial and not understanding that technology existed in the seventies. <laughs> but <laughs> there was a, there's a scene where, where they're bringing Leech a million in. And this is when he's casting his voice and he casts his voice. And there's this big jumbo screen behind them that starts scrolling like uh, the, these lights and and it's you know shows letters and stuff like on it but but then there's a a a lighted figure of a person walking and it's not mechanical it's like fluid and moving like an actual person mm -hmm. like like he and i legitimately thought he was going to walk out of that like that jumbo screen like i legitimately thought that the, he was just going to transform into the 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 great leader and just come right out of there but it, he didn't but it was just like that is a really cool effect and i legitimately don't know how they did it and i think if i can sit uh, it, there and watch it and not know how they did it it makes a good effect i've seen signs like that they're basically a series of light bulbs and then you co uh, and then you program in lighting patterns that creates the illusion of movement right yeah i mean i get that i know i know how that works but this was so fluid that i it almost felt it like was. that's not what they were doing it almost felt like this it, it was too mm -hmm. fluid and too smooth mm -hmm. to be that so i i like i don't know i don't know if i just completely am underestimating the 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 um, the technology of the 70s but it just felt really almost like a modern thing. Like it felt like it was, it was more modern kind of like someone wearing a, a green suit and, and moving around and, and mm -hmm. making these lights move. Right. It was impressive. That is for sure. Mine. I, I, I had to give it to the one last double henshin. Oh yeah. One last double henshin because we got the double writers and they, they each do their pose and they each do their own 
transformation sequence. It's the last time we're getting both of them on this show. Yep. So I had you to. got Hayato going Hin Shin, and then you've got Hongo going Ryudo Hin Shin. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I had to include it because, like I said, it's the last time we get to see it on here. Because after this, it's we go to V three. Mm-hmm. So you know where I know they guest star on there, but it's a new writer. Mm-hmm. So you know it's not quite the same anymore. By the way, Kamen Rider V three is available legally in the United States from Generation Kakaida. They are not sponsoring this episode, but you should definitely go buy it because once my tax refund comes in. I'm cleaning out Generation Kakaida. Well, I, I, I don't think <laughs> it's going to be available forever. I think I think Generation Kakaida is going to stop carrying it. I think if, if Elijah was, I think I remember Elijah saying something about like they were going to actually stop carrying it at some point. He thinks they might. Oh, he thinks they he might. Thinks they. Oh, okay. Well, it's still. It's like I forget how much money it is. It's, it's expensive. It's on sale now. Is it okay? Because it's expensive, but it's on sale now. But they are expensive. But you know, they got this. 20 years ago right right and, and it's <laughs> because before it anybody a... else they technically they technically released the first common writer dvds in the united states right and it was because it was a hawaiian company and hawaii even though it's part of the right. united states they broadcast shows differently and so they actually had different rights to shows right than what the rest of the united states did because of being out in the pacific and being so close to japan and everything like that so there was a whole bunch of you know right. stuff and and toei charges through the nose but yes for all their stuff yes and just so everyone knows in case you're interested currently as of this recording the their v3 set normally retails for i'm not kidding you 150 dollars. it's on sale for 100 oh that's not bad it's not. I mean, it, it's still. Yeah. It's still pretty. It's still. You get. There, e- you get every. You get the whole show plus a gazillion special features. Yeah. Yeah. I. I mean, that's that's worth it. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> mine. Well, I already talked about mine. The double henchman. So now we have coming at you for the best line. <laughs> it looks like yours has a little bit of a story. <laughs> no. No. No story. No context. Just. One of the monsters turns just says to Taki, "How do you like it, Taki?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, no context. We'll just go with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. We'll just we'll just go with that. But mine was the scene that you were talking about. Where everybody's saying goodbye. So it's I'm cheating a little bit. It's actually three lines, but it's a conversation between Hongo Hayato and Tachibana, which felt very appropriate. The mentor with his two students Mm -hmm. on the show. And I believe it starts with Hongo. Is it Hongo? No. Uh, Well, yeah, I think it's Hongo. goes Hongo. It goes Hongo, Hayato, and Tachibana. And they're talking to Taki. And the exchange goes, the Taki, the days have been long and hard. With And then someone else says, with peace restored, they'll feel like good memories. And then Tachibana punctuates it by saying... That's right. Mm-hmm. Seems like a great way to end the show, too. Yeah. You know, 98 episodes, two movies, two, basically two years. Yeah. And this and the, and and it feels a good way to punctuate this podcast, too, because it's like, yeah, I mean, they've been it's been hard work putting, you know, creating this podcast, getting it off the ground. Then you took over mm-hmm. full time while I stepped away. And and it's mm-hmm. like, but, you know, they'll with now with it all behind us sort of it's kind of like just looking back on good memories 
so, so it kind of, it's kind of like Hongo and Hayato, and then occasionally you come back, so it's like a double writer episode. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the Hayato of this podcast. Uh, I like now, it. I I'll do I'll 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 do that. <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> well, and now we got to get to our favorite one, man. Our favorite award, WTH. What the headshot for the craziest moment. And we've talked about it already, so I'll just get mine out. I'll just mention mine right offhand because we talked about it already, and that's the revelation about the Shocker leader, how he's Medusa face and a giant eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So we've already unpacked that. What's yours? It was early, early on in the episode, but it just made me laugh, and so that's why I put it as my what the hinge in, because there's a moment where the two writers go to punch down a door, and they can't punch the door it's too strong for their punches so they both look at each other and then nod and they decide to go head crusher and both of them just headbutt straight into (laughs) the door and knock the door down (laughs) with their heads and i was just like wow (laughs) this was great oh my goodness (laughs) oh my god yeah that was pretty funny Head crusher and just run right use your head (laughs) they just charge at it like like they're juggernaut from (laughs) x-men we're the juggernaut (laughs) oh man all right and now it's time for a minute to hench in it This is where we give our final thoughts in one minute or less. Are you ready, Travis? I'll let you go first. Uh, I am ready. All right. On your mark, get set, go. Look, if if you've made it this far in the podcast and made it this far in the show and you still need me to convince you to watch it, then I don't know what to do for you because, my goodness, this is the, this is the episode to end all episodes literally and figuratively because it is just they held nothing back they had all they pulled out all the stops the shocker leader reveal was a little underwhelming i guess because you you know with such a build-up and then to not have any like satisfying conclusion to that yeah but ultimately this was a fantastic end to a fun series wow you you still got it man you did that in about let me see here. You had about 18 seconds left. Excuse me when I um, so brush you got off it done my shoulders. 42. Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> 42 seconds. Life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Here, my turn on my market set. Go. So I, I, I want to echo a lot of what you said there. I think a lot of hmm, I think a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about is like, well, why didn't they make Shocker leader, somebody we knew and all that. that I, I wonder if that's a little bit of modern sensibilities coming in a little bit there. You got to keep in mind, this was the early 70s in Japan. TV was done differently back then. It was more episodic and, you know, they're not necessarily going to go for some big character revelation here, but they pull out all the stops on this. This was a satisfying end to a very long tokusatsu show. I don't think there are too many tokusatsu shows that go this long. I mean, even the longest Ultraman show was 65 episodes. Mm -hmm. So this one, so it has this one beat and 
if there was another tokusatsu show that went longer than 98 episodes somebody please let me know and i'll see if i can get it on the show <laughs> <laughs> so there you go but before we move on to favorite moments from the show and from the podcast i want to share the final thoughts on this episode from drew dodgen who filled in for you for a couple of episodes travis it's about eight minutes long i haven't actually heard all of this so just relax for a little bit and we'll hear what drew has to say why hello nathan and travis thank you for letting me come in and give my thoughts on the last episode since the last one nate had me on was cliffhanger yeah let's i'll just go ahead and get into my thoughts really quick i was hoping that we'd go back to the good theme song for the last episode which was a shame you kind of have to wonder if not only if gel shocker forgot hayato was out there but if they'd forgotten if toei had forgotten that hayato was out there somewhere because i was thinking the whole time shouldn't hayato at least show up in that previous one since it was a two-parter and i kind of knew he was going to be in this last one but you know oh well and it doesn't make sense that it would be hayato who'd save hongo's behind going into that last fight saving the common raider kenny club at the last minute i did like how their escape while it was called the uh, writer crusher really looked more like the double writer headbutt and so i was not surprised once they caught if, if you remember on that last episode I suggested why doesn't Leech a million use all the blood from all the hostages he has to bring all the other monsters back to life. Apparently he is smarter than I thought he was. <laughs> Cause yeah, I kind when they went to the hall of monsters, I just knew immediately, Oh, he was thinking straight. There is an entire cadre of monsters waiting in there to attack our good friends, Hongo and Hayato though. If shock Gale shocker was any decent sort of organization, they'd have had that ready to go before Hayato came back. And of course, I knew from the beginning, almost the beginning of this episode, that Leech Amelian was actually General Black because all of Gel Shocker's generals are monsters of the week in their final episodes. And this being the final episode for the show does make sense that this would also be feature the end of General Black, which meant he had to be a monster of the week for this one. I will say that I enjoyed his the the I think, I think his part of the fight was done. His end was done better than the leaders because yeah, Hongo and Hayato went off after the, the monsters. No, after general black. So they could finally give it into him while Taki went off to catch the monsters. And of course that's what caused Taki to be captured. Then they went and caught the entire common rider kids club or what was remaining of them there at, at the clubhouse. And they're watching they're going to take this so that Ta Takeshi and Hayato or Hongo and Hayato, however you want to call them, will come up on them and, you know, they, they'll watch their, their heroes die in front of the great leader of shock of Gel Shocker. And yeah, I, they, the common, the common writers do fall. And then there's a jump cut straight into the leader. When, you know, when, when you think the commoners are dead, they didn't do a jump cut straight to the leader of Gel Shocker showing up in the castle or in the in the hideout and then both the common riders are there somehow and then we find out they they, they finally take off his his red hood and we see oh he's a mass of snakes well that kind of makes sense but that's still not really a big surprise I mean, we kind of knew he'd be a monster uh, in in the vein of what we'd seen so far and then somehow they take them the the snake mask off of him 
and we see the giant eyeball and that was apparently enough to kill the great leader of Gelshocker. and not only did he die but the entire base exploded at that same time and i'm sitting here going what the heck maybe what the henshin looking forward to my awards right quick Gelshocker's leader was a chump i mean he went down so sinking easy i guess part of this is just because it uh, they this episode does feel rushed at the end so maybe they were thinking you know since this is what episode 99 i think that maybe they'd get one more episode and then they said no no we, we got another show coming up next week so yeah you're gonna have to go ahead and finish common writer off now no sorry episode 98 this is episode 98 they couldn't get at least one more episode to actually give a full full end to gal shocker we're gonna cram it into the last 15 minutes oh well i i wish that part had been longer so you know the great leader of gal shocker would be you know this really super evil bad and that, i think that sort of thing will happen later on but yeah here is he's just defeated super super quick and that was kind of annoying i really did feel like we missed some scenes but i guess i'll go ahead and give my awards for this real quick for the henshin kick the best stunner fight scene i give it to the roller coaster fight because that was kind of an awesome thing to see them do because you know they were doing all that fighting around there Actually, there's actual that's actual people doing that that is that those we, we've talked y'all talked we've talked about it before where these fights couldn't or there had to be real people doing all these fights there's there's, there's no even evidence of like a back of, of a screen projection or anything like that these people were actually fighting on a roller coaster that was moving <laughs> so yeah kudos for that that's why i'm giving that to the best fight scene my talking toku for the best special effect I love every single monster's death. Some died to the to the to the writer kick. Some die to falling in water, and that causes them to blow up. We get to see so much carnage of all our mon- of all, all all our favorite evil monsters that were not redeemed. Uh, so it's so it was nice. It was nice seeing seeing that. And of course, you know who doesn't just who 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 wasn't a you know once a five year old boy doesn't just like seeing giant monsters explode for apparently no reason other than they got kicked from common at you the, the best line for me in this it's actually the final line the narrator says in the show gel shocker was destroyed and their terrifying leader has died the common writers takeshi hongo and hayato ichimonji have survived their death match against gel shocker and their long trial has ended it was time for peace to return it's just a great way to end it to kind of give to give a nice good conclusion to the story yes it was an abrupt ending which i'm about to talk about even more but and i just thought that line was a great way a great ending line to the entire series uh, last but not least wth what the henshin for the craziest moment and that's the gel shocker's leader was a mess of snakes and an eyeball creature that died in two stinking seconds good night this is not the, you expect this the great leader of the great evil organization to be a scary dangerous monster and he dies in two seconds i know hayato and hongo by this point are a touch op but good night they uh, but go judging based on this fight all the the shocker and gel shocker generals are stronger than leader which is absolutely ridiculous so yeah, my that's that's my what the engine is. How weak, how stinking weak was the great leader of Shocker? 
But uh, yeah, that's once again, yeah, thank y'all for letting me on for those last couple episodes. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's uh, podcast. Looking forward to hearing, hearing this last episode. And I'll talk about y'all later. Bye. Transition. Oh, we were on the same wavelength with Drew for a lot of those awards, <laughs> and he wasn't even here. <laughs> yeah, I just have to say, Drew, has anyone ever mentioned how much you sound like Wallace Shawn, the actor? <laughs> the inconceivable! I think that guy love that comparison actually <laughs> he sounds just like him I, just in his voice just sounds just like him i'm sorry drew <laughs> um no he, do, he does he does make some in front of you <laughs> <laughs> no he does make some good points and they were some points that i had you know that i didn't really really you know expand on a whole bunch and i, I won't really but just how how abrupt the ending was. It was very abrupt. And I, I think, like I said, I, I think it, it comes down to, they didn't really plan this show that far in advance. And they just, they were making it up on the fly sort of. And, and it does show, but I will say, like I said, like I said earlier, the, the great, this wasn't the end of the great leader. The great leader does continue on into future series. So I think mm-hmm. there was a little bit of that in this too, of like, well, if you want to see, you know, great leader come back, you know, continue into the next common writer series, you know, that type of right. thing. Right. So with that in mind, I want to take a little bit of time here, uh, kind of a special s- segment. If you want to call it that, I want to talk about some of our favorite moments from this entire series, since we've spent the better part of 50 episodes <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> I know this is episode yeah. 64, but we had some filler episodes in there, you know, for when we had to take some time off from our common writer coverage. So I want to talk about just some favorite moments. I wrote some down. I'm sure you'll have some of the same ones. If you have any that are not on the list, that would be great. I, I basically, I was going to let you just go, go for it. And I'll toss in a few as I, as they come to me. Cause right. I, I, they're, they're going the way my memory works is I'm not going to remember them until we start talking. And then I'm going to be like, Oh yeah. And then that moment. And then that moment. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, the first one that I do want to talk about, cause I just remember this is very early on in the show. And I saw this, I'm like, I know exactly what kind of show I'm in now. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the surprise mother trucker coffin. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yes. One of my all time favorite just moments in the actual show. Just the, the how it's the, the Scooby-Doo logic of how did Common Rider beat them to the location and bury himself in this coffin just so he could make an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> and I made, I actually made a GIF of this. Like I it was one of the first times I decided to try my hand at making a meme GIF, <laughs> and it was up from the grave he arose. <laughs> <laughs> I was very proud of myself when I did that. <laughs> 
It's still one of the, the, I think even now after 98 episodes and two 30 minute movies, I'm still looking back at that as quite possibly, you know what? I'm just going to say that might be the WTH moment of the entire show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I, I, I legitimately, I'm like, that is because, like I said, the Scooby-Doo logic, like the logic leap that you have to make to to make it yeah. make sense is so, so great. And, and it's right. just like, yeah, right. yeah, this is why the what the WTH exists. Right. Although another one that I have also from that first 13 episodes that is it, it that I feel like is working really hard to get there, too. But it's the murder dance. <laughs> the murder dance. And you reference that. Now, Now, to be fair, of those two moments that we just mentioned, the murder dance is the one you you talk about the most. I do. <laughs> I do. So, like, uh, I don't know. It, they may have to be tied, but they're tied. But they're they get the title for different reasons. The surprise coffin is hilariously ridiculous. The murder dance is david lynch directing tokusatsu for 30 seconds (laughs) it's it's so because especially i mean in those first 13 episodes it kind of fits in with the tone but especially when you get into the hayato era of of kampman writer and the later episodes that you go back to that murder dance scene and it is totally absolutely not in line with what the show became it is no. so different in tone and and yeah so david lynchian just kind of this very ethereal very mysterious yep. almost almost uh, red like a, lighting a, a japanese girl in a ballet in a tutu yeah <laughs> and, just the, and the monster dancing. of the week dances with her a little bit and then she dies I'm just, it's it's so it's so crazy it's so crazy and and yeah i just it is those two scenes really just if you could sum up a common writer in two scenes that is it that is that is those <laughs> Surprise two moments and murder dance <laughs> those are that is the culmination of everything that common writer is <laughs> yeah it really is and it goes back i want to reference him because he was a guest on the show and I did watch, he did a whole series of videos on the original Common Rider. And he was actually going through Common Rider around the same time that we were on the podcast. And that's Blue Nova. And I, he had some really interesting thoughts about the show as a whole in his final episode. Oh, his final video, I should say. And one of the things he said was, and, and this is something like, if I had to just say, you know, how would I describe this show, this original show? succinctly i would say grit and determination because this show had half the budget of us of an ultraman show kind of just half mm-hmm. the budget of a normal japanese television sh- television show period but they still went ahead and they're like you know what we don't have the resources but we're still gonna make something so they just w- they you know so by sheer grit and determination they made those first 13 episodes and they're like well we can't do anything as flashy as a super raya show but we'll do some weird experimental filmmaking in these first 13 episodes and then after they got popular and they were and they got more money so they had more polish it was a lot less experimental in terms of its cinematography but they had but they kept going through 
and you know kept making stuff you know slowly getting more money as they got more popular so you know like i said by sheer grit and determination they kept it going is it as yeah you know is it as artistic a show as most of Subaraya's stuff at the time i would say i would say no does it have the best scripts of any tokusatsu show at the time Again, I would probably say no because they did like recycling certain concepts and tropes a lot. Mm-hmm. But like I said, sheer by sheer grit and determination, they took all of that and they made something memorable and created a pop culture icon for Japan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that is, I think that's really interesting how this show, it's the little show that could because it's mm-hmm. it was the show that, you wouldn't have thought i mean and like like you said with the with the the small budget and everything you wouldn't think that it would be as successful as it was and then it just it just exploded into something that no one expected to be as popular as it was back in the day and and has become such a such an essential part of japanese pop culture that mm-hmm. it is it rivals ultraman at, in its level of popularity like like common rider and ultraman are constantly toe-to-toe in their popularity in japan the way that like superman and and spider-man tend to mm-hmm. be toe-to-toe in their kind of popularity in the u.s mm-hmm. and i do want to say like even though the 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 tone of those first 13 episodes didn't really carry over into the rest of this particular series it is interesting that if you watch some of the later series, and especially when you get into like the right right before the Heisei era begins and and right as the Heisei, right at the start of the Heisei era, you do kind of get a revisit and a, and a return mm-hmm. to the tone that those first 13 episodes had in this, right, where it was, yeah. was kind of experimental. And, and that carries over into the films the short films they did zeto jay and shin that's, prologue shin prologue well that's because two of those three were directed by keita memia so that was bound to yeah happen. it was a very and, experimental yeah, and, black, and black and black rx also had um were also had a memia working on them in some form or uh-huh, he wasn't yeah. directing but he was working on those shows so that just he makes was. sense yeah, and, and and even when you get into Kuga and and Agito, both of those kind of really kind of brought it back to the that tone mm-hmm. and stuff of this original first thirteen episodes mm-hmm. of, of this series and 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 Kiva and and Ry, uh, Ryuki and a few of those still kind of there's still a little bit of that in there. They mm-hmm. do start the 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 tone starts to change as you continue on in the Neo Heisei era. You know, you kind of get a little bit more kid friendly and toy friendly but Mm -hmm. yeah it's just that that tone does still come it it still comes back every every so often every time they come back and they and and they reboot something or they or they want to bring it back to basics that tone from those first 13 episodes comes back and i'm and i'm hoping that when we finally do get to see shin kamen rider from Uh ano that we do get a tone that's very similar to those first original 13 episodes Oh, I, I guarantee you that Shin Kam- that Ano Shin Kamen Rider is going to be the first 13 episodes. I saw him in an interview where he actually said that the first 13 episodes are his favorite mm-hmm. of this show. Yeah. Because he said the, cho- the tone changed after that, but he really liked these first 13. So, and, you know, with <laughs> considering it's Ano, you know, 
<laughs> Hideaki Evangelion Ano. Yeah. And you give him know, Bro- right? and you give him Broody Hongo. I know, right? <laughs> He's going to be all over that. He will be all yeah. over that. But speaking of that, you know, kind of mentioning some, I guess you could call them, you know, some like favorite monsters. But I found out just today, Travis, that the Fishnet Squad is going to be in Shin Kamen Rider. <laughs> yes. Yes. I miss the Fishnet Squad. <laughs> I know, right? I know. They were so great. They were a perfect, like, just really excellent part of that original 13 episodes. And then, yeah, they fade out as you go on through the series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then some other kind of I, fun See, moments. I would have, like... See, this is what's funny is I would have liked the fishnet squad to continue because then you would have had the dark versions of Yuri, Mari, and, and yeah, the writer girls. Cause it's like, well, yeah, you got the writer girls on this side and the fishnet squad. And it's like the evil version of the writer girls. And it's like, it's, it's the perfect <laughs> counterbalance. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is there is a, there is an idol group in Japan that are, who are common writer themed and they're called the shocker girls. If I remember correctly. Yeah. <laughs> and they even appear in a common Rider movie. Nice. Yeah. Now I see yeah. on your list, you have one of my favorite moments of all time on this podcast. And it, and it is something that continues on because it is, it is such a big part of the early common Rider episodes, but justice for dummy hashtag justice, justice for, dummy. for dummy yeah that's a that's one of the favorite podcast moments for me yeah my hashtag justice for dummy the poor dog the, the that blood exploded. Of and oh, yeah and, and and just and the fact that that was such a running trope in those early episodes that they kept stealing all of the the blood from these animals these poor animals and experimenting on animals and even later on they still were experimenting on animals. They made the they made the bunny rabbit fly across the room. <laughs> <laughs> they put this, they were like put this microchip in this rabbit, which which made it just fling itself all the way across the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nuts. Uh, and I yeah. another one another one is we've mentioned already but it was children of the shock horn and how that just kept happening like there are three three episodes dedicated to shockers starting a school to brainwash children it just kept happening or they mind control children or something it's just like it kept mind control the children (laughs) they mind control the children and then another moment that uh, that I liked was the return of Hongo, both when he just uh-huh. came back the first time and then when he came back as the star of the show, especially since mm-hmm. the episode where he came back as the star of the show is when we had August Ragone on, which was really exciting for both of us. <laughs> yeah, was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed that. And of course, as much as I love Hayato, Hongo is still my favorite common writer. And and so uh, obviously, you know, having him back was so great. Right, right. And then anytime the double writers, we had the double writers for the team ups. That was just, those were always special moments, you know, special episodes. So that was great to see. I'm also, I'm also really fond of, if you haven't watched it already, Travis, I highly recommend checking out episode 84, which was directed by Shotaro Shinomori. And 
it's like watching an Ultraman episode that was directed by uh, by Jasoji because it gets weird. <laughs> mm. <laughs> kind of goes back mm. to the first thirteen episodes a bit. <laughs> In that yeah episode. yeah which which is so funny because because i feel like the reason why those early episodes were so experimental and weird had to do probably a lot with ishinomori's input because you know obviously he he's one who kind of helped them create common writer he was the ideas guy who kind of helped create common writer set the tone for common writer early on and then they the more they diverged from his original concept the more they got into the the formulaic kind of kid-friendly style that they eventually settled on but early on when it was a lot of his input you could tell because yeah that's where you get a lot of the more horror focused aspects of it right right and then going back to just some favorite moments on the podcast in this kind of this first leg of this podcast this very long leg of this podcast. So we've mentioned just hashtag justice for dummy. I also really like the episode where we kept finding every excuse we could to use pro wrestling catchphrases when we did the wrestling lizard episode. Yes. And I would that play the bell, too. you know, cause I, which I still have here on the soundboard. So that, I just thought that was just fun trying to do it organically and, you know, sneak it in whenever he could. Uh-huh. I'm also I'm gonna save one of these for last because oh my because it's kind of right. replaced to both the show and the podcast. But I, I call me a sadist, but I kind of liked hearing you freak out over Doctor Shinigami's ceremony. <laughs> I mean, just like wow. <laughs> it's like you know at this point the show has become very kid friendly and it's like yay yo kid friendly fighting evil monsters oh my god he's got a pentagram down and skulls and he's doing some kind of like weird seance thing and it's just like what is happening (laughs) i know and just hearing you freak out about it was just was entertaining i also enjoyed that episode for one of your off weeks i did an episode with michael on the unaired, well, not unaired, but the lost pilot for Power Rangers, which became the backdoor pilot for the Power Trip. <laughs> yeah. We got to expand the Kaiju Ramen podcast network a little bit with that. So that was amusing, especially yes, since did. it was extremely last minute. And I just, I called up, I just called up Michael on a Sunday afternoon and said, hey, Travis can't record with me. You want to fill in for him this week? And he's tired because he normally takes a nap on Sunday afternoons. He's like, uh, not really. But what are you talking about? Power Rangers? Oh, okay. (laughs) 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 Got him with Power Rangers on that one. So, and that's exclusive to to Henshin, men. And it's not on the Power Yeah. So I would like to say you're welcome um, (laughs) for helping create Power Trip because not only is it this podcast and me not being on this podcast that week that caused you guys to come together and create the Power Trip, but also Michael revisiting Power Rangers happened because of Kaiju Weekly. So like his reignited love of Power Rangers kind of came about because of podcasting on the Kaiju Weekly podcast. So, yeah, mm-hmm. like it really it really feels like Henshin Men and Kaiju Weekly are the mommy and the daddy 
that came together <laughs> and had the baby power trip. <laughs> wow. wow, that got really weird really fast, and I'm totally leaving it in. Uh, Eat it, Michael. Okay. Eat it. <laughs> so that Bobby is another KW thing I have and, to... da- and Daddy Henshin, man. <laughs> So that is another thing I have to include on the list of my favorite moments from this podcast is all of the times that I would make jokes or comments about Taki or Taki and Hayato (laughs) and just to hear you freak out. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) The Brokeback Taki. It always caught me off guard. Every single Broke time. back Taki, <laughs> Hayaki, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all of them, all of it was so great. I just every chance I got to to throw that in there, just to just to hear you freak out a little bit, just made yep, made the recording so much more fun. <laughs> it, that was good. That was good. And then another one. This was not common writer related, but it was from another one of the filler episodes. I had my friend Chris Cook on. We talked about Super Inframan, which you might be saying, that's not Japanese, it's Chinese. Yeah, it also it was inspired by the Japanese stuff and had a lot of Japanese people who worked on it behind the scenes. Sue me. Anyway, and Chris just loses his mind over that whole movie. <laughs> like he just... He, I tried to warn him, but I'm telling you right now, people, you cannot prepare yourself adequately for Super Inframan. Oh, no. It is just no, something you, you have to experience. <laughs> and it's great. It is absolutely great. If you enjoyed this cheesy kind of, you know, throwback to the, you know, this early era of Japanese filmmaking or TV show style that Common Writer has then you'll enjoy Super Inframan because it has yeah. all of the cheesiness that you expect from like that early era of Japanese style. I'll say Japanese style hero, you know, tokusatsu type stuff. Right. Super Inframan is what happens when Kamen Rider and Ultraman have a baby and it gets adopted by the Shaw brothers. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. It's 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 great. It's great. I I I was really disappointed I couldn't be on that episode because I do I do like Super Inframan. It is such a fun experience to watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean you covered it on Kaiju Weekly, right? It's been on a lot of podcasts yeah. lately. It was on Kaiju yeah, Weekly. I've we got did. it slated for the Monster Island Film Vault. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and and I, that was the only time where I cheated. And when we got to WTH. I just said the whole dang movie, <laughs> the whole thing, the whole dang movie. Uh, like that was. Look, I can tell you right now. WPH. What? I can tell you right now without even without with, not having not having watched that movie in probably a couple of years. I can still tell you right now what my WTH moment would be, and that is when oh. they slice off the the snake lady's head over and over. <laughs> like they do it like three times. They Five slice times. her head off three times and it keeps coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and he just keeps doing it. Yeah. He just <laughs> I mean, like and, we're just and, stuck and, in a perpetual and, and, and loop. I guess it's appropriate that, you know, doing the definition of insanity, 
would be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 a Sisyphean task. It's like Sisyphus pushing the boulder up the never-ending hill. Like you know, it's, yeah. it's it's the never-ending heads. It's just, yeah, it's the never-ending heads. It's just go listen to that episode, people. It's a it was a very fun fun episode don't skip filler in when it's henshin man okay (laughs) (laughs) and then one more before we get to what might be this Uh (laughs) like the perfect embodiment of this podcast this particular moment (laughs) it's not even really just a moment it's like an episode of the show and an episode of the podcast but i also want to point out i had a really fun time when we did the final colonel zoll episode that was a christmas episode of common writer and mm-hmm. i bought kfc and we were recording that actually right around christmas time so i went and bought kfc and ate kfc yep. while we were recording that episode because kfc is popular in japan at christmas it's yep. a christmas tradition to eat kfc in japan so I thought, why yeah, the heck and I not? was <laughs> I was going to go and buy KFC too, but we had really bad storms and tornadoes coming through my area at the time. I remember that. Right. And so I'm like, I'm not leaving my house to go get KFC in this. Like, like, <laughs> like the bit is great, but it's not worth my life <laughs> to right. commit to this bit. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and before we get to the last one, actually. I want to talk about favorite Kaijin that we had in the show. Save one in particular for last, because we have to talk about him because of what he did to us. <laughs> yeah. But I want to bring up it's just a handful. Obviously, the icon that is Spider Man. Gotta pause there for a second. Spider Man as the first Kaijin yep. who keeps showing up in every cop almost every common writer, everything. He's gonna be in Shin Common yep. Rider. He's a spider is usually the first kaijin of the week and a lot of common writer shows i know it's in black mm-hmm. i know it's in kuga uh, black sun did their own variation on it the common writer zio zeto however you want to put it where they got turned into like the unholy love child of harry Hausen and tim burton yes <laughs> yes oh man the spider woman there oh yeah yeah so you know i have to bring that one up one of one that i have i think both of us love ironically so much so i bought you an action figure <laughs> when i was a yes b woman b woman so great i think it's she's the only female kaijin of the week and it's the gaudiest thing you've ever seen oh the purple wig the the face paint the big like just bra that is spiral colored (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, oh it was so great it's just like you look at this design and it's like it's like the sixth doctor you know it's so gaudy like who thought this was a good idea (laughs) this like that perfectly encapsulates what we've always what we talked about earlier and what we've always talked about with the show that this show was made on a shoestring budget they did the best they could with what finances they had and b woman is just like is the perfect just example of that. <laughs> right. And she kind of clashes because she's in the first 13 episodes. And she's got yeah. bright colors and she looks super gaudy, but it's at that point, it's a very 
broody kind of almost avant-garde experimental show and just mm-hmm. <laughs> what is going on but she did come back and one form or another a couple of times she got filtered through the insane imagination of Keita Memia in Kamen Rider J mm-hmm. let's just say the Michael on an episode of Kaiju Weekly when you guys played guess the bad review he was quizzing me and it was for Kamen Rider J and he said Here's the review. Honestly, the monsters are hot. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then she came back. Oh, what was it? There was a Heisei Common Writer show. She came back. It was the original design that had been updated. Oh, yeah. So it looked a tad less ridiculous. It was, it was something like Dino or one of those that, that she came back for. I can't remember now, but she did. Yeah, she came back for one of the Neo Heisei ones. Which, yeah, let yeah, me look it up. So they were me... very, very kid friendly at that point, and very yeah. Uh, but, and she looked, and she friendly. did look better. She still looked ridiculous, but they made oh, yeah, the for sure. But they made the goofy colors and everything, the goofy design look better. Let me see. Oh, it says she was in Common Rider Cross Common Rider W and Decade movie. Hmm. Oh, and the actress in that at that point was also in Go Onger, which is just kind of funny. But uh, this one is not helping me with that. But I know yeah, she. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the B cups in that one are even worse because they're pointy. Like, I know like they have like stingers on them. <laughs> oh, it's they Common have Rider Decade. Common, uh, Common Rider Decade. Decade. Okay, that's uh, yeah. I knew it was one of those ones where where she shows back up but oh my goodness i didn't realize that her her, her b-cups had had stingers on them <laughs> uh, it's never so change, great Japan, never change <laughs> but and then i i can't remember his name but i like the wrestler lizard that was just he was just yeah. fun to see we found us and especially since we found out that pro wrestling is from August that pro wrestling had a pretty major influence on tokusatsu and is viewed very differently in Japan. And that was one of the more educational moments I think we had, which Mm -hmm. I would rank that actually as another one of my favorite episodes that we've done was having August. We're going on. There any other Kaijin that you would like to highlight? I'm sorry. What? Oh no, no, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. The there's, there's definitely, I, I, I want to highlight what was the what was Egyptus that was I was trying to remember his name Egyptus. That one is still goes down as one of my absolute favorite moments because I just I lost my mind when that when that <laughs> happened on the show. I was just like, because it's like, you know, it's like, he's going to speak ancient Egyptian now. <laughs> and then he stands up and he goes, bada, 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 bada. and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and I can't remember the name now, but con the condor one, the weird, like, condor head one that kidnaps Taki's wife <laughs> and <laughs> I was to say though you're talking about rat condor no not that one <laughs> no 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 it was like it was something with a g it was like keep talking i'll look it up yeah i anyway but yeah just the he one the design was really crazy but two it was the introduction of Taki so it was a great episode that you get the introduction of Taki mm-hmm. 
definitely the hinted to the fact the writer wiki has it listed as Kane Condor. Kane Condor, that's not right. Kane Condor. No, 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 no. That's not. Uh, yeah. Let me look at that. That's probably a better translation of the Japanese. It was in episode. I think I'm thinking that was episode. Giba Condor. Giba Condor. Giba Condor. That's what it was. Giba Condor. <laughs> yeah. Giba Condor. And just like a does not look anything like a Condor. It looks more like a gremlin <laughs> from, from the movie Gremlins. um but you know having having the introduction of taki taki heavily being hinted at to be the next writer because at that point you know we knew that hongo was was taking a break and was going to be replaced but we didn't know by who and taki is there and he does all these amazing things you automatically think he's going to be it and it's like nope and i love that that realization to you because you didn't know because you were not a common writer you know you were a common writer newbie watching this Mm -hmm. and so you didn't know you were like oh here's the new writer i'm like "Mm, no no (laughs) also shout out to the memory hole that all these (laughs) weird characters and uh, character traits keep falling into including taki's (laughs) wife (laughs) <laughs> we need to go raid that thing okay it's like a bag of holding someplace because <laughs> she appears in that episode with giba condor and never again <laughs> what the heck man what the heck we have to invent headcanon to explain it but sir we need to talk about one thing in particular because it, i mean this come might, on th- I mean, it is. This it is, is the quite patron saint of our podcast. One of, I was yes, the patron saint of our podcast. Quite possibly one of the most ridiculous episodes of the show, and one of the most memorable episodes of the podcast, centered around that freaking flying squirrel, Musasa Beetle. <laughs> we lost. <laughs> our freaking minds on that episode it was so funny because like the first episode's pretty straight the first half of the episode's pretty uh-huh. we play it pretty straight it's kind of average and then we get to the Basasabito episode that was the second episode we talked about in that podcast episode and we're like what in the heck even is this thing <laughs> and it's so, and it's literally funny here again- sounds like he is powered by flatulence like we lost our minds <laughs> I was like, when he flies, he sounds like a farting jet. What is going he on? Does. He does. <laughs> just like, oh my goodness. It was, it was so great. It was the most fun I have had recording this epi- uh, this podcast ever. Because just so, oh my goodness, that squirrel is so funny looking. He's And this, everything he does in the show is funny. And just, he is such a great monster for... For no, for none of the reasons that the creators intended. <laughs> and you, you and, actually and it, sent me a screenshot of when he first is born, and it looks like the cover of the weirdest metal album you've ever seen. <laughs> such a just absolutely terrifying looking, just Chuck E. Cheese animatronic looking monster. It's <laughs> just. And, and here's another, it's another situation where I had actually seen these episodes that are the episode that has Musasa Bito 
in it prior to even starting this podcast. So I have been, I up to that point had been so looking forward to, I'm just like, just, just cannot wait. Cannot wait for Nathan to see this squirrel thing. I just cannot wait till we get to the flying squirrel. And just when we finally got there and I was just like, yes it was everything i hoped for because it was just i knew i just knew both of us were going to just lose our minds <laughs> and we did and we did that it's that that half of that episode that might be the greatest like 20 minutes of this entire podcast <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I, I, like I said, I had the so much fun. The patron saint of Henshin Men. <laughs> the patron saint of Henshin Men, Musasa Bido, put him on our, our as our cover art and our profile picture and everything. Just just <laughs> Musasa Bido. I need, I need a t-shirt of Musasa I need an action figure of Musasa Bido. If I, if I could find an action figure. I found an action figure they of exist. B-Woman. I should be able to find Musasa Bido. <laughs> They exist out there, so we just gotta find I know it. They do. <laughs> I will be digging through I will be digging through toy boxes at G Fest to find this thing. <laughs> no, what you need and, is a is a is to go to build a bear and build a stuffed one because that just <laughs> <laughs> having a, a stuffed animal with the with the face that that thing has <laughs> just <laughs> so great just donnie darko nightmare fueling weird <laughs> squirrel thing <laughs> I just, I, yes i i need that on a t-shirt you know like saint musasa bito paint uh, the patron of henshin men i <laughs> Just all hail, <laughs> all hail, Musasa Bido, the true hero, <laughs> the hero we didn't deserve, the true, the true hero, the 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 kaijin that should have been running. Shocker! <laughs> oh my goodness, Cobra Man! No, no, forget about Cobra Man. <laughs> forget about the bat man forget about the spider man forget about all those guys no we got sasabito <laughs> just imagine just imagine if they go to they go in to fight the great leader and they pull his the the red hood off of him and underneath there is this like easter bunny looking <laughs> squirrel and it's just <laughs> You thought I was dead, but I've been alive this whole time. <laughs> you killed me three times, but it was not enough. <laughs> oh, I do want to say on top of on top of Masasa Beetle, some of my favorite moments from the podcast have been when we have been watching this show and then all of a sudden they just throw in nazis the kkk <laughs> swastikas crucifixion <laughs> cult ceremonies <laughs> cult ceremonies it's just like when they throw in all of the weird things that just are so incongruous to the rest of the show and i just i love it and and all of our reactions to it because it's just been such a wild roller coaster of a ride. <laughs> yeah, there are reasons why the WTH award was created. <laughs> <People>. Yes. 
<laughs> uh, what the henshin? Uh, hmm, that needs to be a thing. That needs to be a thing. What the henshin? I, I may have actually said that on occasion in real life outside of this podcast. <laughs> uh, my gosh. My gosh. But speaking of the speaking of the podcast, some of you I, I've already talked about it a little bit in a little update recording that I put out for everybody. But to let people know about the the future of this podcast, for those who don't know, Henshimen will be going on hiatus. Travis, you are semi-retired from podcasting. I have discovered I can't run three shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. I cannot manage three shows, so I need to scale back a little bit. So and I, felt, be- I feel so bad because I was the one who reached out to you to do this show. Right. And then I had then I go on retirement from podcasting and leave this this in your hands. And it's like and I I can just imagine, you know, Nathan sitting there with it like, uh, now what? (laughs) It's like, I feel bad there. there, I had a moment like that, but then I figured it out. I figured out what to do. And it turned out it turned out fine. Everything's fine now. We're fine now. Fine. How are you? And so (laughs) here we are. We finished the we finished this dang show. <laughs> we finished this dang. Yep. It's going to be so weird that I now have to go through life without having to watch the original Common Rider. <laughs> it's going to take yeah. me probably about a week to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, it's like no more Common Rider. <laughs> like whoa, not this show anyway. I've I, I got the discotheque set for black i bought kuga from show factory so i've got more common writer to watch which that should tell yeah. you something when i started this i had seen almost nothing of common writer and now not only have i finished all 98 episodes plus the movies i have watched the i've watched the keita memia movies i bought kuga i bought black I'm going to buy Black RX when it comes out because Black RX just got announced. So mm-hmm. uh, zero I started one. watching bought, Black didn't Sun. Buy, didn't you buy Zero One when it dropped? No, I haven't gotten Zero One yet. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, oh. I, I I knew one of us had gotten Zero One. So yeah, mm-hmm. Zero One is out. So that was that's another yeah. one that you can also look into. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and I know. Yeah, you, you, you have. You, you have become a full-fledged common writer fan and now you understand why i have been pushing for more people to watch this these shows oh, this this franchise right and i bought the manga oh yeah yeah and you bought the manga, bought the manga. so it's just like yeah like people yeah. if if you have it, made no. it this far <laughs> and are not watching common writer like watch it watch it what are you doing like watch the right. watch the original show watch any of the shows just watch whatever's available to you because they are really good and and they're fun and all of them have some redeemable things in them not all of them are fantastic and as good as the others but there's always something even if it's the what the henchin moments like the fact that right. we've talked about it there's an there's a series where there is a starfish hitler like literally that is his name <laughs> starfish hitler <laughs> and he's literally a giant starfish dressed like hitler yep i think it's common writer x that's uh, he's in that one yes i think so i think yeah, so common writer x but anyway just so we're it's going on the show's going on hiatus however the feed will this henshin men feed will not be silent entirely i'm planning on 
re-releasing, because I know that there would be interest from Henshin Men listeners for these, I will be re-releasing the Super Sentai episodes that Michael and I do on the Power Trip, because we are covering some Super Sentai as we wait for 30th anniversary Power Ranger material to come out. And Power Trip is, you know, had a backdoor pilot here. It's our sister podcast in the network. So I know there would be interest. So I'm going to be re-releasing those episodes. We do the same sort of awards with new names on the Power Trip. I will warn you, if you're used to the typically more bite-sized episodes of Henshin Men, well, Henshin Men just sprint the Power Trip's a marathon, so be prepared for that. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. we cover entire se- seasons at a time as opposed to a couple of episodes. That'll be the only thing I would warn you about, but you get to listen to Michael and I. Michael is a good friend of both of us. We've podcast, we've both podcasted with Michael. You know, he's our co-host in common, kind of, sort of. That was a joke that <laughs> you know, got started on the on the power trip that confused people for a while. But you know, <laughs> you know, it, so it does it's, and then it just wasn't quite as applicable after you know once you semi-retired. But still. You know, so you can look forward to those. They'll be coming out about once a month, I would say. But I would like, and Travis, if you would like to do this with me, I would be happy to do this at some point, maybe in a few months, you know, during the summer or something like that, because we talked about it on the show before. But I do think we should do an episode on the Common Rider manga. Yeah, yeah, especially since the whole, the full manga, the original manga was released, you know, in English for the first mm-hmm. time completed like yeah absolutely would love to to be yeah. able to just talk about that right do you have it yet uh-huh oh yeah yeah i bought it when it first okay. came out okay yeah so we both have a copy i'm not sure when exactly that will be but we'll make it happen at some point so talking about the quote-unquote source material for this although they were produced in tandem and along those lines Because one of the other things that Michael and I are doing on the power trip is we're doing some comic book coverage. We're doing one Sentai episode and then a episode of comic books that are Power Rangers. A lot of it's going to be Boom Studios. And Michael, uh, in the last week, said, I was like, well, why don't we do the Go Ranger manga? I was like, eh, I don't know if it's quite adjacent enough to talk about it on the power trip. But if you want to talk about it on Henshin Men, I'm cool with that. I mean... Uh, yeah. you know, Go Rangers, the first Super Sentai, and Sentai and Power Rangers are really closely tied, but Go Ranger has never been in Power Rangers, technically. So I think Henshin is a better spot for it. I think they did. Didn't they appear in the uh, in the background in the big battle? In, the legendary um, battle? No. It? Yeah. No, they I managed they to edit around. They managed to edit around them. Hmm. Savan could I edit it because I thought all of the Rangers uh, slipped go- through, but <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know they did, mm-hmm. but they were able to kind of, they edited around those guys. So no, they have not actually appeared in power Rangers. So <laughs> you might be getting a, some go Ranger manga talk with Michael and I at some point too. No set release date for that either, but here's the good news. Michael uh, Michael and I are planning on doing one more season of the Power Trip, which will be done by the end of this year, once all the 30th anniversary stuff is out for Power Rangers. But I don't want the Kaiju Rama Podcast Network to be without a Henshin Hero Show in the network. So I'm putting some serious thought into doing a sequel, 
podcast to Henshin Men. I'm working out a format and hosts and all that sort of stuff. I got a lot of ideas. I will say this. You hear, you'll hear it here first. Watch your podcast feeds. If the sequel happens, it will be called, appropriately, Henshin Men V3. <laughs> and I can tell you, we will launch the show with Common Rider V3. Ooh, nice. So there you go. Still working out the details. I'm not, I'm not making any promises, but there is a possibility. <laughs> nice. All righty. And with that, I, I'm, I'm done. I've got everything wrapped up. Travis, you got any final yeah. words before we dump it? Before we not dump. Before we jump into the credits. <laughs> uh the just that that i really enjoyed doing this podcast and i know i wasn't on for every episode and i had to take a break you know and and step away Life happens but i yeah and, and, but i did really enjoy doing this podcast i really enjoyed going through common writer with you and i'm glad that it has made you a diehard common writer fan now <laughs> not as diehard as you but you made a fan of me <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 great. And and it was so great to just have all these fun moments and looking back on all of them was just such a fantastic time. And I, I really just and and like we said, you know, that, yeah, the the fight was long and hard, but with peace restored, they'll feel like good memories. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And so, yeah, with that, I guess I'll close out this episode by saying thank you for listening to the Henshin Men podcast, a tokusatsu appreciation podcast. You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the backlog of Kaiju Weekly podcast if you want to go check out some of the older episodes of Kaiju Weekly. We're no longer producing new episodes, but you can still go and listen to some of them. They're really good. And you can listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault and our sister podcast, like we mentioned, in the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network, The Power Trip, a journey through the Power Rangers franchise. If you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podchaser. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan? Common Rider has come to an end, much to my henshin. This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2023 Kaiju Ramen Media LLC.